0: Hello everyone, Uh, welcome back to Resilient Health Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Darren Ingalls. And I'm really excited to to bring today, really, I think one of the most advanced and influential leaders in functional medicine to the table, Dr. Peter Kahn's a board certified integrative medicine, functional medicine, and chiropractic neurologist. He's the creator of the Neurometabolic Integration Program. It's a science-based virtual coaching program that helps clients identify the root cause of autoimmunity and other chronic conditions. And if you guys have been tuning in, you know, we talk a lot about these because they're so prevalent and they affect so many people. People. So today we're going to talk about really the three major drivers of illness and how to fix it. So, Dr. Khan, thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ingalls. So, you know, before we kind of dive in deeper, you know, maybe tell you a little bit about your backstory about your son. I know there's a really interesting story that kind of drove you to functional medicine. Would you be willing to share that with us today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on the show and thanks for giving me a chance to share my story um, for, for me. You know, it actually started when I was in uh, chiropractic school. My father actually had liver cancer, uh, stage four. And uh, he was elderly, you know, at the time, 75. And they said, Hey, you know, he's 75, you know, for six months to live. And that was it. And uh, at the time, I didn't know anything. You know, I was in chiropractic school, you know. So uh, my brother, who's also a chiropractor, we kind of took it into our hands and say, Okay, let's try to just do whatever we can to help him. So we just put him on a few supplements. You know, he made some diet changes. And lo and behold, he lived like four to five years, symptom free. And when he went, he went really quickly. So, you know, that was like a big lesson for me. Like, you know, no matter how severe it is, there's always hope, right? There's something you can do to potentially make things better. You know, we probably just stumble onto the right thing. We have no clue what we're doing, but it helped him. That was the bottom line. Fast forward, I had kids, my son, when he was like a year and a half, just a, you know, toddler, right? Just walking at grandpa's cabin, they were making pasta. And then he kind of ran into them while they're trying to pour the hot water into the drain and it just got all on him. So he got third degree burns, scalding injury on the left side is, uh, you know, upper body. I mean, it was horrific. Basically we had to uh, hella back him, you know, not hella, we have to like air fly him back to the States. Cause like where they were in the cabins in Canada, uh, they didn't have good medical. So we came back to the Arizona burn center. And uh, it was hard to watch, you know, a young child who doesn't know what, they can't even communicate, you know, just screaming in pain. I mean, burn and pain injury is one of the most traumatic things. And, uh, and then that followed with months of just stressing and changing and all that. And, but what came after that was that he developed allergies that you never had, sensitivity to things you never had. He developed neurological symptoms like severe night terror, where every night he will wake up multiple times screaming, having night terrors. He developed severe mood issues where he just throw like crazy temper tantrum screaming fits. You know, uh, my wife would try to put him in a in a child seat in the car for, in a super at the supermarket, uh, and we couldn't restrain him to put it in the car. You know, it looked like we we're abducting him. <laughs> uh, so that's, it just got really bad. We thought he was gonna be autistic. So that led me down the road of like, okay, we need to find some solutions. And I actually started taking out functional neurology, uh, you know, uh, kind of got, um, did fellowship training with Dr. Robert Merlillo, who's uh, one of the leaders in uh, you know, addressing child development disorders. So I got my fellowship in child development disorder and, and got my board certifi- certification in chiropractic neurology to really learn about the brain. And then when, and that's when I got exposed to gluten, you know, Dr. Tom O'Brien and, and all of that. So went down the road of gluten. And we started to go gluten- free, but then my daughter, at the time who also was a baby, got severe uh, dairy, dairy anaphylaxis reaction had to go to the hospital and then so that led us down to looking at food sensitivity, so then more functional medicine and then kind of just you know eventually led to me kind of seeing the connection between the brain and you know what the functional medicine has to offer as far as looking at the metabolic factors so that's kind of how I put together its neurometabolic integration because the brain, the immune, and the gut are definitely interconnected, and they they kind of co-create symptoms in a lot of chronic cases.
0: Well, I can just imagine, I mean, you have a one-and-a-half-year-old with a burn like that. You know, we talk so much about trauma <laughs> causing all of these disruptions to the brain and the gut. I can only imagine that just must have been such a huge trauma for him. That, I mean, yeah, how do you process that at that age and, you know, understand? I think
1: some of it is internalized, right? I mean, we haven't really completely dealt with it. I mean, he seems to be fine, but I'm sure some of that is stored in his body of some kind of memory, you know, PTSD from that trauma. But, you know, kids are resilient. Not everybody with a scalding injury or burn injury or trauma all gets messed up later in life. But, you know, it's something that, you know, could happen and keep an eye on it.
0: Well, I guess that, you know, that leads us into really talking about, I, I think you've sort of coined this term, but I like it, you know, the the big, you, you have your big masterclass. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but BIG being the brain immune gut axis, and maybe just ter- tell us a little bit about, you know, what that is and why is that important for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I came up, I didn't come up with it. I mean, it's all in the literature, right? All over the place about... Well, there's the brain-gut connection everybody hears of, the gut-brain axis, the gut-brain-gut axis. So everybody know the connection between the brain and gut, that when your gut is dysfunctional, that can lead to neurological and brain issues. When your brain is dysfunctional, that can lead to gut issues. But really, the the connection is actually three-way. It's between the brain, the immune system, and the gut right? So, And when we, when we don't say it that way, I'm just really bringing it to the fore and really put a big spotlight on it because we don't say that. People just think that, oh, brain gut. So take some probiotic and it'll solve all my problem, right? They think, oh, the, the gut microbiome, it's going to impact the brain. It sure does. But it is, if taking a probiotic does to solve the problem, nobody will have brain gut issues. It's much more complicated than that, we can simplify it, but I want people to have a much better appreciation for the nuances of how that system works. So the brain immune gut connection is really what drives a lot of these immunological inflammatory issues that can cause brain and gut issues. And what I notice in practice is that when people show up with chronic conditions, many times they have this brain immune gut access dysfunction where they'll display symptoms and signs in all three areas. They have neurological issues, they have immune system problems, they have gut issue. So whether they came in from Lyme, right, as, as you're an expert in, or they come in for mold issue, or they come in with fibromyalgia, or they come in with Hashimoto, invariably it always check the box, brain, immune gut, very often for all of them, right? So then it's like, mm, why do they all look very similar despite having different diagnoses? This is what led to this, my discovery through just, you know, clinical practice and watching patterns that yeah, all these people have brain immune gut challenges, so is there a connection there? And turns out there is because when one piece of that domino fails or falls, the other pieces that brain immune gut axis also fail. So when you have gut issue, the immune system and the brain start to get dysfunctional. When you have brain issue, the immune system and the gut become dysfunctional. When you have immune system problem, the gut and the brain get dysfunctional. So we can start to actually put this together and make it useful because so many people with a chronic condition, Dr. Ingalls, as you know, they start to right, go down all these rabbit holes and they start to think like they have everything under the sun and they may or may not. But what happens is they started collecting these diagnoses and labels and they even collect supplements, try to treat all these supposed diagnoses and labels, without any systematic way of untangle all these things. So by understanding that, okay, you may have twenty symptoms, but it may come from one big connection, the brain and gut connection. That helped them to simplify and to know, like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, and to see it more holistically instead of like try to chase after you know symptom masking treatments or you know, focusing on just one isolated part of the puzzle without connecting that with the other parts.
0: So, you know, I know there, there can be so many different routes of entry, again, whether the, the initial effect is the brain or it's a disruption in the immune system or the gut, but that could of course entail so many different symptoms, but are there specific red flags for you that stand out that is like, hey, if I'm experiencing X, Y, or Z, I really need to get this investigated?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great point. You know, sometimes it's the chicken or the egg, right? Did the brain symptom drive the, the gut issue or the gut problem started at all? Or is it the immune system imbalance that started at all? Uh, and the, the, you're exactly right. The, the route of entry can be all of those things. Could be the brain that started. Someone have a concussion and that's what started everything. Someone who have uh, gastroenteritis, traveler's diarrhea, you know, gut infection. And that started kind of mess things up or someone with you know, uh, a viral infection or some kind of inflammation or even an injury, uh, musculoskeletal injury that can start this inflammatory cascade. So there's a lot of things that can kind of mess the system up. Um, I, I think the way we wanna think about the system is, is that we wanna think about, okay, is there this interconnection between them all? And, and usually what I do is I start off by asking, okay, by, I do a screening. I swing, okay, is there neurological symptoms? Well, what would be neurological symptoms? Well, fatigue is one. And a lot of the time people don't associate fatigue as a neurological symptom, but it absolutely is, right? I mean, where the heck do you experience fatigue? You don't experience it in your buttock. You experience it in your brain, right? So so fatigue, if people tell me they have fatigue, I try to help them understand, yeah, that's, that's a brain symptom. Uh, well, I mean, it could be a fuel delivery problem, but invariably, you experience that in the brain. Now, if you have brain fog, fatigue, short-term memory issue, depression, anxiety, mood disorder, these are all going to kind of fall in the category that you have some type of neurological CNS problem, central nervous system issue. And we need to find out what's driving that. So that's brain. And then next we look at if do you have any immune system challenges? Well, that would be things like autoimmune. That would be things like you're you get sick all the time, you know, frequent illness. That would be things like you have allergies and asthma. That would be things like you are sensitive to everything under the sun, you know, you're sensitive to chemicals, sensitive to every food. These are all immunological reactions. So if there's those things going on, it's like, hmm, another check, brain immune. Then we check the gut box. Do you have Gas, bloating, reflux, heartburn, bowel movement issues, IBS, you know, SIBO, CIFO, whatever. So they if you do, it's like, hmm, brand you mean gut. And usually, these people are, oh yeah, I have all of these symptoms, and they become a mystery patient to somebody. And then, you know, they're taking way too many supplements, and they don't even know why they're taking them for. And this, this, that become a stress in and of itself, right? And I mean, there's a time and place for somebody may need a lot of supplement, but what I'm saying is, usually, what I see is. A lot of people are taking too much for what they're actually needing, and they don't even know why they're doing it. And they're simply doing it because they heard it on a summit, or they doctor googled it, and it sounds like a good idea. But when there's no uh, understanding of this big access and this big getting getting this big idea, then it becomes like kind of a free for all, and we want to avoid that because that's not the most efficient way to get there.
0: Yeah, I see that as such a common problem in my practice where whether it's from a practitioner, or like you said, Dr. Google, you know, people are on, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 different supplements, sometimes very well intended. But if we believe that part of that, that access is that the gut is disrupted. I mean, in my mind, I keep thinking, well, you know, the gut has to absorb it. The liver has to break it down. And if you're already having deficits in those areas, aren't we just taxing that system even more? And, you know, I I work with a lot of kids with autism, you know, who are, you know, mostly young children and, you know, asking a young child to take 40 different things is, in my mind, very taxing. So, you know, how do we how do we balance what's really necessary to move the needle forward, but not necessarily constantly putting a Band-Aid on individual symptoms? And I think that's. I think all of us in functional medicine at some point are probably guilty of doing that, but I guess for those tuning in, you know, just sort of be uh, have that awareness that, you know, if this is part of what you've been struggling with, you know, I guess we have to be very conscientious about, you know, supplements, medications, herbs, because again, your body has to break all these things down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, self-diagnosing self treat I mean, it's one thing to advocate for yourself and educate yourself and then take a greater proactive role for yourself. It's another thing to try to self-diagnose, self-treat to the 10th degree and, and do it overboard, right? So there's a, there's a balance there when we encourage people to learn. In fact, that's what we do. We want people to learn. We want them to learn you know, the right way with the right context so they're not just like taking one idea completely out of context and just think that that's, that's the solution for them and just take the supplements and be fine, so.
0: Well, again, with the understanding that there's so many different, again, points of entry, you know, maybe let's just talk a little bit about some of the more common sort of root causes that you see in your practice of what's setting off this BIG access.
1: Yeah. So so what I do is, uh, I you know, I kind of develop this kind of this clinical framework, you know, a roadmap, I call it. But it's, it's a framework, how I think about, you know, when people present with problems, how do I... Kind of prioritize their finding, and the way that I do that is, you know, there's like this multi-tiered approach. So the first step that I always look at is uh, I look at fuel delivery. You know, so fuel delivery means like, are you able to deliver blood to your tissue? Like, if you have poor circulation, you have small vessel disease, you, you know, or your blood pressure is low, you have hypotensive, then that that means that you can get blood to your tissue. You have poor perfusion. If you can't perfuse then it doesn't matter what all this fancy supplement or healthy food they're eating, it can't get to where it needs to go, right? So I look at perfusion as a as a primary thing. And so many people, you know, especially in the allopathic world, they go to the doctor, they do a, their regular checkup, and you know, they're told that your blood pressure is good. Like what does that mean? You know, it turns out it's actually low. You know, maybe it's not low enough for them to pass out, but certainly not good enough for them to feel great. You know, normal blood pressure is 120, 2080, if I, you know, somebody's pressure is 95, 90, over 60. I mean, that's kind of low-ish, right? And then you ask, do you get dizzy? You know, when you change position, oh yeah, I get dizzy easily. I get orthostatic, hypotensive. You know, I have poor mental endurance. I'm tired all the time. I'm cold all the time. It's like, okay, you start to put the picture together that this person may have poor perfusion. And I consider that like the first thing that I would address, regardless whether they have metal, they have whatever, because if you have poor perfusion, whatever we try to do with metals and hormones, it may not work because you don't have like the basic foundation that's just, this metabolism going, right. Okay? that's what I start. And then the next step will be blood sugar. And that's a such a common thing for people to have blood sugar dysfunction, whether they're hypoglycemia, whether insulin resistance a so low or high blood sugar or a mixed pattern of low and high, which means I unstable blood sugar. It, it's a really damaging thing to the body. It's also making it very difficult for you to deliver fuel Especially to your brain. You know, your brain runs on glucose, alternatively, ketone. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you have low blood sugar, you're going to, your brain cells will suffer. And this is why hypoglycemic symptoms are the hangriness, the irritation, the, you know, the lightheaded, dizzy, irritable, the, and short and memory issues. You can't focus. These are all brain symptoms. Hypoglycemia is a brain problem, not a blood sugar problem. So, we have to address that in order to deliver fuel to the brain and to the rest of the body to drive all these other chemical reactions so So I take kind of a phased approach step by step approach to kind of triage right see okay, what's the most foundational things we can make better, and then then we can layer the other stuff on top because then those things might work
0: so for people who are listening, you know and they're like you know you're ticking off all the boxes, I'm like, "Yeah, this is me, this is me." you know where should people really start in addressing all these issues, is it it really a function that they need to get a lot of testing done to help evaluate where they're at or, you know, where really should people uh, start this process?
1: Yeah. And then just so you know, uh, Dr. Engels, everybody, I think the cool thing about natural medicine and and functional medicine is that there's more than one way to skin the cat sometimes, right? Uh, You know, for somebody with the same exact problem, you fix their gut, they feel some better. You fix their blood sugar, they feel some better. It's just a matter of, for that particular person, what is the most appropriate thing to do for them? But that's a great question. You know, how do we find out what to do? I think it comes down to like, identifying in yourself, right? doing some type of assessment to identify what the actual problem is and what is your priority. That could be do, done through blood tests. That could be done through seeing a doctor like Dr. Ingalls to do you know, a really detailed history and examination. But that can also be taught to people, I believe. You know, I I think you can teach people to how to recognize some of these signs and and symptoms in themselves and then be able to say, okay, I think I can narrow the field here to like about this area. That's kind of my priority here. Like for example, you know, uh, if you have hypoglycemia, that's a pretty, pretty, a set of pretty obvious symptoms, right? You don't eat, you feel shaky, lightheaded, irritable. You eat, you relieve that shaky, lightheaded, irritable. Right. Relieves that. That's a sure, you know, shoe in for you have hypoglycemia. If you have insulin resistance, on the other hand, you might feel fatigue after a big carby meal, right? You eat a big pasta dinner, you feel drowsy, you fall asleep afterwards. You have some tripled waking, You gain weight easily, uh, you know. So, so you have these classic insulin resistance patterns that you can actually put yourself in one camp or the other. Well, sometimes you have both. But you can put yourself in that category and say, okay, hypoglycemia, then there may, maybe I eat in a different way than I would if I'm insulin resistant, right? So like if you're hypoglycemic, you probably don't wanna do like three day water fast. you know. And if you're insulin resistant, you might be able to do that. So, so that's kind of changes what someone might do for themselves. And this is what we try to teach people, you know, to teach people how to recognize some of these things that are low hanging fruit, but that's really valuable if we give them the context behind it and help them understand the mechanism, how that's generated, then they can actually make better decisions for themselves or even have better conversations with the the functional doctor that they're working with to be able to communicate in such a way that, okay, I think I have this stuff going on because I have X, Y, Z symptoms. I think that's all very helpful and very empowering. And we, we try to do that.
0: Well, you know, I was told by a very wise doctor uh, early in my career that if you just listen to people, they'll tell you what's wrong. And, you know, I, I actually I was a medical technologist. I worked in a hospital lab that was my career before being a doctor. And I swear, the longer I practice, the less testing I do. You know, you realize you get so many clues just from what people are telling you and how they react in different environments and with or without food. So we get so much useful information just from really listening and hearing the whole story. That you know, sometimes testing can be very helpful to really hone in on a specific problem, but a lot of times, you know, we glean that information just from the history alone.
1: I, I totally agree. I, I I totally have the same experience where over time I'm running less and less lab tests, and uh, I think uh, one of the, another problem I want to bring up is a lot of people they'll come into my practice having seen other practitioners, especially functional practitioners. And they'll bring in all these labs, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, nutrient testing, you know, whatever, you know? And then some of these tests is like, do you really need that? You know, did, did you really spend like $3,000 yeah. doing six different tests? And all I told you is that you're deficient in all the nutrients. So the solution is a multivitamin. <laughs> if multivitamin was going to solve the problem, then nobody will have problems. So it's almost like, you know, we want to help people to be able to like make better decisions for themselves. So they're not wasting their valuable resources on tests that are just not clinically useful. And you'd be surprised how many tests out there that either is clinically just not that useful or it didn't apply to that person in that situation, right? Like when no, no, we have no uh, uh any need to go down that road with testing this particular thing, but they went ahead and tested anyway because- it sounds cool because these functional labs give you pretty color graphics and you feel like you're getting something. But I, I think people should should understand. This is why I'm I'm doing this, right? We're we're talking, we're having this great conversation. I think for a lot of people, maybe they already spend a lot of money, don't feel bad about it. Just know that, hey, you know, what did you get out of it? If you got something out of it, you you actually improve from that, great. But you know, oftentimes people don't get actual answers from these tests because it's just some of these tests just sounds good in, in, you know theoretically or hypothetically, but what does it actually mean? That takes that takes practice, right? That takes the context of a practitioner like Dr. Ingalls to to be able to interpret that and let you know, okay, what does that mean in your overall picture? Uh, we, I think some of this can be translated to lay person. like that's what I try to do. I try to teach people, okay, this is what this test means, and this is what this test would do, and this is what this test would not tell you. So don't go do that test thinking it's going to tell you that when it doesn't, right? So then you then you're using the test for the right reason.
0: Well, I think you bring up a really good point of why sometimes it's really uh, in your best interest to work with someone like yourself or myself, because it's, you know, our years of experience and training that I mean, people who are trying to DYI it, you know, they spent already thousands of dollars on tests and supplements that haven't worked um and they don't want to spend the money on a functional medicine doctor because you know a lot of us aren't insurance based and I understand that but we also can help streamline your process and cut to the chase, sometimes a lot faster. So you're not trying just a bunch of random things and guessing and seeing what works. You know, we have the luxury of seeing, you know, lots of people seeing what works, what doesn't work, and so we have a pretty good sense and a hierarchy in which we can implement different therapies without throwing the kitchen sink at you. So, you know, just tuck that away in the back of your mind that uh, this might be a a good financial and health investment is, you know, to get in the hands of a good, you know, functional medicine practitioner.
1: That's such a great point. I think um, people tend to think that they're saving money by DIY, DIY, you know, do it yourself. When over the long-term they may end up spending more because they're spending all this money on tests that doesn't mean anything or that's not relevant. And and they're still not getting any closer to getting better. And they may be spending a lot of money taking supplement based on those tests that are not relevant to them. And and so the supplement is not relevant either. And so it's just all a waste of time. And, and it, I think, th- and this, this is again, this is not saying that it's bad to do that because I think these people are just looking for answers, right? I think a lot of people, and, and that's actually very admirable that they're looking for an answers that are so proactive. And we actually want to work with people like that. But I think, uh, you know, some wisdom and, and, and straight talk will help them to realize that, okay, you know, maybe don't, don't overdo it, balance the needs, but, but there's a better way to do it, you know?
0: Well, I feel that way about my mechanic, you know, it's like, look, I could <laughs> probably sit down and figure out how to, you know, fix something on my car, but the time it would take me to educate myself where is I'm going to pay a mechanic who's already been through that training, has the experience, can do that job, and it has the 30- tools. They have the tools, tools. Yeah. and can do it in 30 minutes where it's going to take me several weeks to figure out how to do it, yeah, get all the right equipment. It's it's the process is not efficient when I do it that way. So uh, again, I, I think your point's very well taken that, you know, it, this can be really helpful. Again, we all advocate for being an educated person, understanding your process, but uh, certainly if you've tried doing things on your own and you're not getting success, you know, that's probably a good time to again in the hands of someone who can do a little bit more hand holding with you and give you better guidance. Absolutely. So, uh, before we wrap up, I, I wanted you to share a little bit about your big masterclass. I know you've been doing this for a while, and can you just tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. So, the Brain Immune Gut Masterclass is my way of giving back, you know, sharing the, what I learned uh, about the Brain Immune Gut Axis and, and why it's so important. You know, it's kind of a, an entry point. You know, it's a way for people to get exposed to the idea who haven't been exposed to it. Uh, many people who, you know, have attended to summit actually multiple times. Uh, basically, it, it consists a lot of these masterclass, mastery sessions where I I teach on the specific part of the roadmap. And then I invite guests like yourself uh, to speak on a specific part of that roadmap to basically you know corroborate with what I'm saying. Like, hey, look, Dr. Ingalls know what he's talking about when it comes to Lyme and infection. And this is why we're seeing how that impact brain-immune gut. So we bring that to the fore so people can start to see that, okay, this is impacting a lot of things. And potentially, there's a better way of doing it that could be more streamlined instead of just, you know, taking a supplement for every ill. You know, we we want to help you to be able to streamline, get the right answers. And, and really, my goal is not just help people to get better. My goal is to help elevate the consciousness, right? Get people to be smarter, you know, uh, to be knowledgeable and have wisdom, so they they have a bunch of bits and pieces of information they learn from all these different summits, but they don't know how to put them together. My goal is to help people to be able to use the information they already got, but, but put it in a specific order so that they can actually benefit. So this class is, um, you know, it did really well received. We've been, uh, we ran a f- several times and uh, every time we do, people we just give great feedback and we invite great speakers like yourself as well.
0: Well, I'm so honored to be part of your latest version of the masterclass, but I got to tell everybody listening, I have seen the modules that you put out there. This is really, I mean, one of the best masterclasses I've ever seen put together because every module is, it, it teaches so much great information, but it gives you actionable things that you can do every single time. It's not one of these things where you spend a lot of money on these classes and you're like, you get a bunch of theory and Uh, stuff that's not really very practical. And everything that you do and you teach, it's like, this is what you can do today to make a difference in your life, make a difference in your health. So we're going to drop the link in the show notes. You'll definitely want to check it out. So Dr. Khan, thank you again so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.